Hey guys, welcome back to Can You Tell Me A Story? If this is your first time here, hello, I'm Gladys, and I talk to complete strangers for fun. Um, So a very close friend of mine has a tattoo of the word Sonder on her collarbone, I think. And I think this word perfectly captures why I do this podcast. So I wanted to read um, the definition of it to kind of capture the essence of the show. So Sonder, it's a noun. It's the realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own, populated with their own ambitions, friends, routines, worries, and inherited craziness. An epic story that continues invisibly around you like an anthill sprawling deep underground with elaborate passageways to thousands of other lives that you'll never know existed in which you might only appear once as an extra sipping coffee in the background as a blur of traffic passing on the highway as a lighted window at dusk. And I think it's this emotion, you know, this realization that a complete stranger could be having the best day of their lives while I'm at my worst. And that makes me want to talk to them. You know, I want to know what their epic story is. I want to know all of it. You know, it's kind of like reading a book, but in a conversational way. All right. So my stranger turned friend today is Sarah. She's around the same age as me. She's 19. You know, we talk about a ton of things, what it's like being an introvert, why she has an obsession with ancient Greece. And then we talked about talking with strangers. And then we went down the existential rabbit hole of questioning our true selves. And then we talked about why New York City is wonderful. Anyway, guys, uh, this one is a real ear turner, you know, kind of like page turner, whatever. Okay. Um, Also, so Sarah has her own podcast. It's called Don't Be Lonely. Go check it out. I think she's a great storyteller and it feels like she's your friend. Sarah, thanks for the conversation and I'm so glad we're friends now. You know, you're genuine and kind and I think we need more of you in this world. Okay, if you guys like this episode, uh, leave a nice five-star rating. All right, fine. I'll take four stars too. And a comment on iTunes. It means a lot. All right, that's it. Bye-bye. good i'm fine thank you how about you uh i'm okay i have tea here um are you in new york because i know we're like on the same uh time zone right yeah i'm actually in new jersey but like across okay. like across Hudson. close enough yeah right okay yeah well it looks like it's gonna rain so i think today is just a 
a downer. Yeah. I mean, I've worked today, later today at an ice cream shop. So hopefully, I mean, slow business. It's open. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't know why we're open, but I guess we're open. <laughs> Are you, wait, is it like a new job or you've been working there for a while? Well, the thing is, normally I'm a lifeguard. Um, but then I decided that I really don't like lifeguarding. So. Wait, normally you're a lifeguard? Yeah. Like, and during okay. summers. But then I was like, with Corona and stuff, I just don't want to get into it. So I let my certification expire. And I just, I was like, what's the job that I've always wanted to do? Like as a kid. And I was like, ice cream shop, obviously. So that's what I'm doing. You know, I feel like ice cream, like I could never do that just because it's stressful being around kids it for is. me. I mean, the thing is like, the most awkward part is like when kids want something and their parents say, no, they can't have it. And the kid like blames you. Cry. Yeah. They cry and I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. I know. Well, anyway, welcome to Can You Tell Me a Story? I almost forgot the name of my podcast <laughs> there for a second. Um, but okay, so ground rules. It's going to be a conversation, uh, not an interview, because I think that's just the most awkward thing on earth. Yeah. And I, like, I like questions, but let's share the spotlight a little bit. And then if at any point you feel like any part is boring, just say, it's not going the way I want it to. Let's pivot, you know. Okay. Cool. All right. So, like, do you edit um, this after? I do. I do do edits because other there there was one time. Well, the first time I went over till two and a half hours. Oh wow! And uh, <laughs> that was because I didn't have like a sense of time, and so I just like kept going until the guy was like looking back, and I was like, "Oh shit! I I need to stop <laughs> this now." <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so you have your own podcast, right? I listened to one episode. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening. Yeah, it means a lot. Are you comfortable with silence? Yeah, I am. But, <laughs> you know, it's not preferable. But you, that's... you look like you've, you've done this a lot of times. No, like the silence. The thing is, like, you know, I don't know. Silence is a part of meeting new people. You have to, like just get used to it. So it, everyone can deal with a little bit of silence, but it means like they'll get to know someone better. I know. That's Do you talk to strangers a lot? That's it. I, I wish I could talk to strangers. I wish I had that personality. Like, I feel like, like I'm, I'm an introvert, but in my heart, like I really like talking to people. I just don't have the per like the outgoing personality at first to do it. That's why when I know people very well, I become a lot more talkative, a lot more like asking them random questions and things like that. I don't know. I think I just don't talk to people I don't know well at first. Well, after listening to your podcast, I feel like I've seen that side of you that is the extroverted side. And I don't know how you can do it. Okay. So first of all, I think we could potentially be podcast soulmates because <laughs> I think we both share the same reason of why we started this in the first place. You, you did it because you wanted kind of to be a friend to somebody else, right? During the lockdown. Yeah. I think that's very sweet. Um, but I don't know how you do it in that, like, you're a one, one woman show. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't even know how I do it, honestly. Like, I had another podcast before this one. Um, uh -huh. It was called 120, and it was, like, an interview-style podcast. Not, well, you know, not interview, because those are awkward, but it's, like, we took turns telling stories. That was the, I guess, the plot of it. Um, 
And it was funny because, you know, it was like, it was so easy to make because you were with someone. And if you didn't know, say, you just talk about something and they respond and it keeps going. But like, when you're by yourself, you really have to think about what you're going to say and right. just keep going. Do you plan out your episodes before you, you <laughs> wait, so like you have a script? No, I don't, I don't plan out at all. Honestly, when I first started, I planned out a little bit. I'd plan out like the, the segments I was planning to do mm. and kind of like run through my head. Like the, like, for example, I have a Q and a segment, like I will plan yeah, to do a Q and a segment. I remember that. And then I will look at the questions I get, write them down in front of me. Then I'll start. Like, I'm not going to start randomly and just like, okay, let me look for the questions now. But um, most of the time mm. I don't plan at all. I honestly think it's a little bit funnier that way. Like if I don't plan at yeah. all. Yeah, because like it doesn't even sound like you edit it much. I don't. The thing, yeah, that's, that's the thing. So easy, dude. It's like, let me. Can I tell you the process, right? So I record, say, an hour, an hour and a half, and then I like spend five to seven hours chopping it up because I realize that, like, do you notice you have these ticks when you speak? Yeah. And it's like sometimes when you're nervous, I like interrupt the person so much. I'm basically snipping two separate audio files and trying to jigsaw them together to make it sound um, coherent. Yeah. I mean, with my first podcast, that was a big issue. Like I would record for like an hour or an hour and a half. And then I would literally like spend two or three hours editing. And it's like just right, it's the same thing, two audio snippets and trying to line them, trying to like phase in, phase out, cut off, things like that. And like obviously it worked better for that style of podcast. Like for interview podcasts, right. you almost you there's like no way you can't not edit. You have to edit them because yeah. if you don't, there's just so many silences and like You don't want people to see that side of you. <laughs> yeah. But but for the podcast I'm doing now, I think like the whole point is to make it feel like I have a friend like that. Like, you know, like I'm friends with someone and I want it to feel like as natural as possible as like unedited as possible. I don't know if people mm. like think that's what I'm doing or if they just think like, I don't want to edit. I don't really need to edit. It's a combination of things. Like, I don't yeah. know. I, I edit a little bit, but nowhere near the amount that I did before. So, so how's everything on your side? Is it okay? Like the fact that your podcast, like, don't be lonely. Are you feeling lonely at the moment? <laughs> well, what, like when I started it, well, you know, like around, like, I think I started it in May or June. I can't even remember, probably May. And mm -hmm. around that point, I feel like the hardest part of COVID was over. Like March and April, mm -hmm. especially like in our area. Oh my God. It was like, you could not leave the house. It's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Um, when I kind of noticed that like it was getting a little bit better, I thought like a lot of people probably want to go out now, but can't, or like or want yeah. to make plans, but are scared. This would be a perfect time to kind of like reintroduce like the social aspect of being with someone. And then things right. got worse in other places. And not like I was like, oh my gosh, yes, it's better for my podcast. It's obviously not what I want, but like, yeah, it was still relevant. Like, I don't know when I'm going to end this podcast because it's kind of like time specific. It's kind of very specific to COVID. Mm. So if in a year COVID doesn't exist, I don't know, it will happen. Maybe I'll switch it up. Maybe I'll like change the meaning a little bit. I don't know, but. Look, the thing is, I think you're a great storyteller. Oh, thank you I, so much. I'm, I'm like, uh, I love stories. I think that's what makes people humans. And you can never run out of stories. Like you've done how many episodes? Um, I'm, that was my 21st, my last one. Okay, well, there's no way in hell that you only have like 21 exactly. stories. 
Um, and we're, I think we're like kind of the same age, right? I know you're going off to college soon. Yeah. I, I just graduated, so I'm like 24. Oh, I'm 19. Okay. But, <laughs> but no, like we're in the same demographic. Uh-huh. This podcast stuff, this was, it's definitely been fun to do during quarantine. Like something to like keep me on a schedule and take my mind off of stuff. Same. Yeah, I feel like, at, like you said, in March or like the early stages of COVID, that's when I was peak insanity. Like I felt like dying was, be- okay, no, no, no. I'm not going to go there because I'm not. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, it's like we're adaptable people. And so now I'm, I'm actually kind of liking it now. You know, if COVID ended, I think I would still stay at home. No, I realized like I don't, I are, like I didn't have to make that many changes to what I already do. Like, I don't oh, go out oh, often. Oh, yeah, because you're an introvert. Yeah, like, I don't go out often. I don't really see my friends in person very much. And most of my friends, like, are in college anyway, so it's not like I can see them. We're all home. So it's like, yeah. what am I changing? Like, the amount of times I go to the grocery store, like, it's not much, honestly. But, what, like, what about your family? Do you feel like... So I live with my brother. I am learning a ton of stuff about him that I would never know, even though we live in the same apartment. <laughs> that I wouldn't have known if it wasn't for COVID. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I grew up, like, I feel like I know my, I have two sisters and my mom and my dad, mm. and we live in the same house. Um, I feel like I know my mom and my dad very well. And same for my sisters. I know my sisters, like, maybe too well. Like, maybe I should know, I shouldn't know all these things about them. So it's not like I'm learning new things, but it's, like, definitely nice to be able to spend time with them because mm. my school ended the semester, like, a month early. So I got to spend that extra time with them and not going out and stuff. We're all just stuck in the house. We find ways to like pass the time. I think it's nice. So what do you do when you're not podcasting? Here's the thing, right? I don't even know how to describe it, but maybe this is the best way to say it, right? When I was little, I had like this insane, like obsession, I guess, with Greek mythology and Percy Jackson. I loved them so much. I just loved the books. I loved Greek myths, everything about them, right? I just thought it was so cool. And I just, like, I knew instantly, like, if I could go back in time, I would want to go to ancient Greece. Oh, my God. Okay, wait, can I, do you know the Greek, well, I don't know if it's a god, someone who eats grapes a lot. It's like, okay, I never know how to pronounce it. Like Dionysus, I think. Yeah, yeah, probably. Because my brother is like obsessed with that god because he has this fascination with having people (laughs) feed him grapes all the time. And it's like a recent obsession. But anyway, continue your Greek story. So yeah, basically. And the one thing that I really liked about ancient Greece, besides like the Greek myths and everything, like I just like the fact that like you could do whatever you wanted. Like there are people who just sat around and like, like people just sat around and like talked about philosophy for like a day like there was not i do but i I think the best thing about it was like you could literally do anything like people just like do nothing and then just paint for the day like and i just like that that like there was no like pressure to like i mean obviously like these people had to pay money and stuff but like there wasn't this intense pressure that you were working all the time like i don't know people in ancient greece had like a lot of i don't know if this is accurate or not but from what i learned it seems like they had free time to pursue like these creative like i don't know no the lifestyle is yeah and it's like things that they actually love right yeah like you say that right and then i actually went to and then i see things like the coliseum and then it's like violence is like a huge part of their lives as well i guess because they're so bored out of their minds that they need humans as 
fight each other as playthings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> honestly, that maybe that part of Ancient Greece I would like not enjoy that much, but mm. <laughs> like maybe <laughs> I guess the whole point that I'm trying. This is like a long way to say it, but I always tell myself like, oh my gosh, if I ever have like this long period of time where like there's not yeah. much pressure, I could just do whatever I want. Like I would do like all of these creative projects that I've been dreaming to do, like like as if I was living in Ancient Greece. Right. So <laughs> what ended up happening was like, I was like, okay, I'm going to write a book and then I'm going to make a podcast and then I'm going to like design this and create that and draw this and like make this. And I just, I just started making all of these. Cre- I'm like in the middle of like four different creative projects right now. Like I just, I just took the time to do literally whatever could come to my mind. And there's like so many I haven't even started. So yeah, that's basically how my quarantine's been going. Just me doing like all of these creative projects to fit in to this like six month period that's so awesome wait so are any of them completed or that's the issue <laughs> <laughs> i love starting new things but like the commitment of ending them the thing is i have finished a lot of them um one of the things i want to do was i want to take like a, a class online like just uh-huh. for fun like not with my curriculum or anything and i finished that right. i wanted i volunteered for I think my total ended up being 71 hours at this, like, this online mental health thing. I volunteered for them. Oh, my God. I finished that. Can I tell you something? Yeah. In the first five seconds that I saw you, well, for the listeners, we're doing this over Zoom. Yeah. I had this, like, one or something was pushing me to ask you if you do a lot of volunteering work. I don't know why. Yeah. Wow, do I come off as like a... Do you, do you have like uh, interesting stories about that? So I I do this like online mental health thing. Yeah. That's like, I guess, the one that I've been doing mostly during quarantine. Um, not many funny stories there because there's not you're not really interacting with people. It's more like just like online chat. It's not like you're seeing them and things happen. Just people talking about their problems. But I... Wait, what is it? It's called Seven Cups of Tea. Yeah, oh my god i know that yeah i you just sign up you can sign up to be a listener and you can like volunteer uh-huh. for as many hours as you want um and yeah you get to help people it's fun i would recommend it if you get a kick out of that hearing people's problems and I mean, be- because i i know the whole premise of it is like you're not supposed to give concrete advice right yeah. you just like soak it all in and and then leave <laughs> yeah i mean the thing here's the thing when I, I started this, when I, I, right now I'm 19, I started volunteering for them when I was 15. Um, yeah, so I've been volunteering for a while with them, but I, I did my internship this summer. So I like officially signed up for an internship and it was like more of a scheduled volunteer thing. But before it's like I could just go on whenever I wanted and help. Um, and yeah. my personality has changed a lot since then. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I've been doing this. Like, for example, think about it, right? When I first did this, I, they say like, oh, please don't give like concrete advice, you know, give like emotional support. Don't like give a solution to their problems. I was like, what the hell? Like these people are coming here for a solution to their problems. But they, when, and it was so hard, like until you realize what you can't do, it's so hard. Uh-huh. Like you, you, the first thing you want to do is like, oh, well, this is an easy fix. All you have to do is this, this, and this, and your problem solved. You can be happy. Right. But that's not what they're coming to you for. And it it took some adjustment to like switch my focus from like trying to solve a problem to like trying to be like supportive and like encouraging, you know what I mean? That it's a, it was a shift. And now I feel like it comes a lot more naturally to me because I've been doing it for years. 
and I just wait like- so 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 tell me if I'm wrong but you're basically saying like the way that you help someone is less of giving them a solution and more of like listening yeah because I guess the main thing is like you don't want to give a solution because what if they come back and say like oh my gosh like I listened to what you said and you screwed up everything like you don't want to be you don't want to involve yourself in someone's life so much that like they you ruin right. it so mm-hmm. I, and also just in general a lot of these problems can't be solved a lot of them are like things that like people like like it's situational like okay. oh like you don't like the house you just leave like it's not that easy you know so like the one thing you can always provide is emotional support i guess um and the thing that i find the most interesting probably like once you try it it becomes so much easier to just not give advice for example let's say someone comes on the website and they're like um, oh yeah, like I've been having trouble with schoolwork. I'm like really stressed and I just don't know what to do. Like ha- what's in the, what's something you tell them that's a concrete like piece of advice? There's not much. It's very situational, you know? Yeah. So you ask them more about like, oh my God, like why are you, like what, what's making you feel this way? Like do you think you have too much what's happening at home, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, okay. So I tell me if you feel this way, right? It's like I feel like half of the people that come to you for, like, for help in a way whether it's listening or, or advice, they know what they need to do. They just don't want to do it or they don't know how to do it. Yeah. A lot, and a lot of people come because they're not sure if what they want to do is the right, is the right choice. Yeah. Like, oh, like, but at the time, okay. Say you, you were 15 years old. Yeah. How were you giving advice to like 45 year olds coming to you and be like, you know? Okay. Yeah. Good question. Like the thing is, I wasn't, I wasn't, when you're underage, you can only talk to other underage people. Oh, they, have, like, they only okay. pair you up with like underage people. So it's not like I was giving like 50 year olds life advice. Like that would just be like immoral. <laughs> Has any, well, I don't know if you can talk about any of the stuff that they come to you for, but like, has any of them scarred you? <sighs> wow. Like after you, you are yawning already. We are like 20 <laughs> no my bad no I'm just I literally just woke up um but looking honestly sometimes there's not one that really stands out but there are a lot of times where people are like just mean to me oh you didn't help me at all like you're just saying whatever to get me to stop and I'm like no I literally can't tell you what you want to know like there's nothing I I can't tell like a lot of them come for solutions and there's, mm-hmm. I can't give a solution like this. I'm sorry, but like, this is just not the place to get life advice. And they get mad at me and they give me the bad review. And those bad reviews <laughs> always stick with me a little bit. But I like the fact that I can't think of one right now shows that like, I don't really think about them too much. Like nothing really stands out. Yeah. I've done, not even kidding, like almost a thousand chats. Okay, you probably like desensitized to it, right? Exactly. Now. Like, yeah, when I started, I was like, oh my God, this person doesn't like me. And I'm like, this is a random person that doesn't know who I am. Like somewhere who's like emotional and is like dealing with a problem. They're taking whatever out on me. They don't actually think like this. Like, you know what I mean? You just, you learn to like not take it personally. What's your take on like, because for me, I think when people get angry at you, they're probably angry at, a certain part of you that they have it in themselves Mm -hmm. and so it kind of reflects yeah a a level of self-hatred um I think when people get mad at me on that website I think it's just because I mean it doesn't even have to be people that is on seven cups just like in real life as well oh 
so like wait what you're asking like why people wouldn't like me like what what you think they see in me that reminds them of themselves yeah i mean not specifically you but like yeah in general like like i realize when i'm pissed at someone it's usually because they're doing shit that i have it in myself but it's kind of like a mirror situation yeah i think the main thing is like the thing is i'm a very indecisive person i can never decide as all 19 year olds are yeah the thing is i like not to like sound like quirky but like i seriously think i have a problem in making decisions (laughs) like i cannot make a decision i this is the example i tell everyone like this planner that i bought it took me three days to decide which planner to get I had like a bunch of tabs open on different websites and like I was looking at the count and stuff like that, the page count, the the fonts and stuff like that. Like it all mattered so much to me. And in the end, it doesn't even matter that much. I just couldn't decide. So here's the thing. That's nothing. I <laughs> took four years to decide to do this podcast. Really? Four years, Sarah. That's like... I would put those in different categories. This is the, the planner things are petty. You know what I mean? Like, right. who cares if I spend a week picking it? But for yeah. something like that, like a project like that, I feel like a lot of the times you have to be like in a certain mindset. You know what I mean? You have to like, you have to. You need to decide to be committed. Yes, exactly. Like this requires, the planner requires absolutely no commitment. It just requires pressing a button and paying the money. Yeah. But but for you, like that's something that's like completely I don't know. It's a complete, it's a personal decision and you have to decide like if it's right for you, if it's the time, if you have like the energy to even do that. So I think it's okay that you spent four, four years deciding. I honestly think it's fine. I can hear your judgment in your voice. No, no, I'm not being, I'm like not judgmental at all. Listen, like I'm joking. I have always wanted to write a book for my, like my entire child. It's like on my bucket list to like just write a book. And like a biography or a fiction? Like a fiction book. Honestly, anything. I just wanted to like finish a book from start to finish and be like, yes, I completed one book. And it didn't take me until now, like quarantine, years and years later, to like actually commit to it and like go through with it. Like, like I've never like put in this much commitment into it. And I feel like part of that is because I found this like newfound level of like, the, you know, like just, I really want this. But at the same time, it's also because I don't have much going on because of quarantine. Yeah. I'm alone. I'm at home. So I just feel like, yeah, things, things align and then they work out. So it's okay if like what you want to do doesn't happen right away. What kind of a friend are you? So I was talking to my friends yesterday. And one thing that I really care about is like how I'm perceived. Like, not, not like I'm insecure or anything, but like, I just wonder about how people see me and like, whatever I think I'm showing them might not even be received. Like they might take it completely differently. So I asked my friends, I was like, like, what was your first impression of me? Like, what, how do you guys see me? Like, genuinely. And yeah. they were like, oh, like, when I first met you, I thought you were really funny. I thought you were, like, really calm and cool. And I thought you were, like, very, like, I don't know, like, down to earth. Um, and I was like, whoa, that's so cool. Like, <laughs> and the first impression is what makes people decide if they want to be your friend or not. Right. So I guess to them, they saw me as this, like, very cool, fun, funny person. And so maybe that's the type of friend I am, but I think does I that take your boxes that huh? those are the, does that take your boxes? Like those are the things head on that you want people to, to get. The thing out is, of you. I, I know like 
this is like existential. Like, I don't know, honestly. Let's go into it. I love talking about shit like that. Me too. I just like, sometimes I can't even put my thoughts in words. I feel like it's just too up in the air, but I'm going to try. So what I'm thinking is, right, I, when you think about it, I don't even know how I see myself. Like, do you ever even end up knowing how you see yourself? That's like the ultimate question. Like, will I ever completely know myself? Probably not. So I don't even know what I want them to see. I just know I want them to see me. Do you mean like you, you, or like you along with all the influences that is the, the stuff that you're consuming and your parents and your sisters? Well, I think... If it's you, you, I think that's just redonkulous. Like, <laughs> don't even bother because that's... You lost it when you were five and you cried because your parents took something away from you. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I don't know if, like, you, you, or like whatever, me, me, exists. Like, I don't know if it exists anymore. It probably doesn't, right? Because yeah. when, when, I don't know, like, the cultural influences, like, of everything around you compl- changes you. So I don't think there's, like, yeah. a deep, deep, deep down you that was, like, the same me as, like, when I was an infant. But I think there's something close to it because, like... I don't know. I just, I think I care a lot about like core values and things like that. Um, and I think that ultimately those things don't change or it takes like a mm-hmm. lot of convincing for those to change. And then if they change, they probably won't change yeah. again. So I think that is what defines like, like you, you, but like the, the superficial things like, like, Oh, like my favorite TV show or like my favorite food, like those things are something to change. They don't matter that much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so, think- so how do you, okay. I'm trying to think for me, would you want to be friends with with yourself first? Let's, let's go into that. I think so. But you sound hesitant. No, after (laughs) I knew myself for a little bit, because at first I think I'm a little bit more reserved. Like I, the thing is, I hate, I hate that. I just don't talk to people a lot at first because I would totally want to. It's just for some reason, I just just don't. And that is not. Well, I think it's different because I feel like you already know me because you said you listen to the podcast, so I don't have to get it's to, like... one episode. Yeah, but I feel like it's already more than most people. Like, you know what I mean? Like... Okay, okay, so fine. There's one-way street where I have a little bit of an edge over you in that I listened to one episode, but you knew nothing about me. Well, yeah, but the thing is, I feel like I can not to sound like crazy but like you can kind of pick up on people's like vibe like I hate using the word vibe I feel like it sounds pretentious but you can pick up on their like you know their energy their energy I get like you can you can kind of tell like what their intentions are you know what I mean and I not that not to say that I'm very like instinctive that I that I do that but like I really do feel like I depend on that like I depend a lot on things that can't be explained in words because I feel like like th- then it means something. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I get I get good energy from you. I feel like you're a good person. So I feel like I can open up to you more. But that's because we dove right into it, right? Like I like yeah. talking about like existentialism and like just like like the philosophy of life and like talk like ha- people. I love talking about people like becoming friends with them and things like that. But because we started that right away, I feel like we're this we're we're similar in a lot of ways in the sense that we think about those things. Like, but if I mean, if I met you in person, completely like not on a podcast where we plan to do this, yeah. like at work or like on the street or at school or whatever, like 
I don't know if you like that stuff. I don't know if you like the things I think about. So I probably won't say anything at first and try to see if you like those stuff. And then I'll like open up about those things. And then if you don't, like we could probably still be friends, but like I'll probably talk about different things with you. I think it's I just wait to see what people, what people are interested in so I can like offer that part of themselves. So what part of your, okay, wait, hold on. Let me tell you a story first, right? So I'm from Singapore. The reason why I moved here, uh, I mean, not moved, but I came to New York for college and uh, I've been here for like four years. I got a job. So, you know, I've been working for like a year now. And part of the reason why I wanted to come here so bad was because I couldn't do exactly what you just said. My identity in Singapore is like really different from the narrative that I have of myself here. And part of that is because the people that I surround myself with, or at least the city in Singapore versus New York, it's so different because I, and it could be stemming from my, because I've lived in Singapore for like 18 years, right? I have an idea set in stone of what people from Singapore are like. And they are not as open to talking to strangers, for example, as they are in New York, which I think you, you know, like people in New York, it's like, it's like, even comparing to other states in America, they're so different. Yeah, they're open and it's just a melting pot. And so I kind of, I, I was like you, like, I was, I would never do this, like if I was in Singapore. Yeah. But then when I came here, um, in a way, I felt like I could talk to people that I wouldn't normally talk to just because um, it's like a fresh idea. Of it. yeah. It's like what I wanted myself to be. And so mm-hmm. I made it. Yeah, I think that's great. Like, and then when we were talking about the whole, like, the you, you, like, really deep down, yeah. you know, like, you feel closer to that. Because, like, I feel like there a lot, there's a lot of layers to people. And then people put on a lot more layers to mm. try to, like, oh, my God, I, I hate to sound, like, cringy. But, like, you know, try to fit in, to try to, like, relate to yeah. people. But, you know, like, the, the layers get suffocating if you hold on for too long. The whole point is that, like, when you first meet people right you're supposed to be a little bit like it's supposed to be a little bit suffocating a little bit like whatever small talk blah 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 but like you you keep doing it you keep going through it in hopes that you'll like get to take off the jacket you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like that you'll get to like actually like talk about other things besides the weather that's the whole hope but you know what I mean sometimes you don't get to that and then it just becomes exhausting so yeah Yeah. you coming to New York was like I think like you said like you said you like it a lot better because people are more open and I think it's because, like, people in our area, just in general, are way more likely to, to like, they're, they're a lot more quick to remove the coat. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. And also, I wanted to tell you something. So, one of the best people that I've met in New York is, is actually a stranger. So, I was in school, and this is, like, I hope my parents never hear this because they would flip out. <laughs> He's, like, a... I don't, I don't even know his age, maybe like 30, 40. Um, and he's actually from Greece, I think. Oh, wow. No, okay, so here's the thing, right? I don't know how he got into my school library and I was studying for like a marketing exam or something. We ended up spending the entire day until 2 a.m. scootering around New York City. Wow. It's like a movie scene. 
And I'm just like, it's a movie scene or a crime scene, depending <laughs> on how it could have potentially ended. Um, and never in a million years would that ever happen in Singapore. <laughs> like, ever. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I love about, like, I am from the New York area, and I like going to new places. But I think ultimately, if I could choose anywhere to live, I would pick New York just because. I don't know. I just love the way that people are just so open to new experiences and they just want to like try new things with new people. Um, And I'm sure other places are like that too. But like, honestly, there is no place like New York. It is, it's so weird how like New York culture is so, it's, I don't know, it's so particular and it's so different from any other place I've ever been to. Like, I don't know, whenever someone says they're from New York or just from the New York area, like I instantly feel a lot closer to them, not because I'm like, oh, we're from the same place, but it's like we have a similar mindset about certain right. things. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I just feel I feel like people from New York are more spontaneous. They're more open to having fun. They're not necessarily more talkative or more like extroverted because I know I'm not like at mm. first, but but they're willing <laughs> to get there. You know what I mean? That's the thing. Yeah. Like a lot of people you talk to, and then you talk and talk all the small talk, and then it, like leads nowhere, and it's like am I are we I hate that yeah like are we ever going to like get past a certain stage of like talking about the weather but I know people from New York like almost always are they want to get the small talk over with too so you know you go through it and then like you always have something to look forward to at the end right so so it was kind of like the first one or two minutes of this conversation and now we're uh well I was gonna say taking our clothes off I won't say that (laughs) No, yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. So so how do we get you out of your shell, Sarah? Well, the like here's the thing though. Like the, the people okay, when I first meet people, a lot of them are like, "Oh, you were like real like yesterday I started this new job, right? Mm. And I realized that I didn't really talk to my coworkers that much." Right? I realized that like and it was like an afterthought. I didn't think about it while it was happening. Like, it had been, like, two weeks into my job, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I don't talk to my coworkers at all. And it's because, you know, like, I I don't – there's a lot of reasons why. Like, all the things we just said. Like, there's just so many reasons why it's hard to talk to people when you first meet them. Um, and so – How big is this ice cream place that, <laughs> that you, you won't even talk to them? I mean, okay, I don't – just so you know, there's, like, a plane coming by. I don't know if you want me to wait for it or – Oh, no, that's – I can't pick up any of the sound. Oh, okay, just checking. So – the thing is, um, it's not a big ice cream shop, but there's a lot of people who work there because, like, there's a lot of shifts and stuff like that. So mm. I'd say there's probably about 14 people who work there. Oh, no, but, like, at any given time. Oh, maybe, like, anywhere from, like, three to five people working. Maybe six. That's quite big. I know. I, and the thing is, like, I just find it overwhelming sometimes when people, when people are already in a conversation. And then you just stand uh, there. You gotta like get you yourself in. Yeah. And so I feel like I'm a lot better at one-on-one because like I know when they stop talking, it's my turn to talk. And like it's like more of an emotional connection instead yeah. of like all of these like strings going everywhere and you don't know if anything's like latching on. So I, I realized like I'm just way better at one-on-one conversation. I'm just like so much better at talking to people one-on-one. Like this. Like I yeah. I open up very quickly one-on-one. Um but at work, it's, it's not really one-on-one. And then there will be moments where it'd be one-on-one, like where like me and one person are in the front and someone else is in the back. Then you talk to them and talk to them. And then you're like, okay, yeah, like now I feel like I know you better. But like, there's not much of an opportunity where it's just like you and one other person. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. So that was the main thing, I think. But I opened up a little bit at the end, yeah. And I guess, like, well, you said you were a lifeguard, and that's, like, a again, a one-woman show, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the lifeguard... Have you saved any drowning kids before? I have, once. It was... Was scary? Intent- okay, so... <laughs> First off, I would like to say that the type of places I work at, it's not like a community pool. It's like a, a pool of a condo. Yeah. Like, I, I worked at, like, these, like, apartment buildings and things like that, um, where, like, residents okay. would... It pays better. It is better in the sense that, like, it's less stress. Like, there's less people in general. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the... Con- like, um, there's not that many kids in general. Like, there's kids, obviously, but, like, not as many as like a community pool or like a town pool where it's like every kid in the block is like going for summer. Um, Hmm. So it was like a lot more laid back, but at the same time, the pools were smaller. So a lot of the times it's only you lifeguarding. And if the pool's a little bit bigger, maybe two people. Right. So a lot of the times I was alone or just with one other person that I didn't know very well. And then there was some girl. Now I was at the pool with one other person this time. Mm -hmm. And we were talking, passing the time as we were looking over people. And then some girl looks like she was kind of drowning but I couldn't tell things that's the thing if you ask any lifeguard the one the thing that sucks about it is like you can't even tell if someone's drowning a lot of the times like whether they're drowning or they're they just suck at swimming like like a lot of kids like to hold their breath underwater and like pretend like put, like yeah or like put like stomach down in the water like looking at the floor of the pool and it's like That's I can't me, like yeah, I can't tell if this kid is like in help or if he's just like trying to prank me or if he's just like doesn't even know what he's doing. But there's this one girl, she was like kind of hopping up and down, and I don't even know how to describe it. Like she was kind of hopping up to her chin and stuff. I was like, that mm-hmm. doesn't look good. And she wasn't making any noise. And she was going, Dad, dad, dad. At her dad, but her dad wasn't looking. He had his back turned or something. So it's like, is she calling her dad like to show him something, or is she calling her dad because he needs help? So then yeah. I looked at my lifeguard and I was like, I think she's drowning. And he's like, what the hell? And then we like both jumped in the water. He got to her a little bit sooner. So he technically saved her and picked her up and stuff. But I was sitting there in the water like. Yeah, supervising. Uh, But yeah, that's like the first time I really ever like saw someone drowning and like did something about it. Jeez. Okay. Yeah, I've never had like weird jobs like that. The, the only, like, super sketchy one that I had was I was a telemarketer, marketer, and they paid, like, a hundred bucks in, I don't like, a day or something. No, or two. wait. Okay, send me the link. Okay, no, but here's the thing, right? I suck at it. I do not have a phone voice, and it's literally just people. Okay, so one time, you, so it's, like, a for an insurance company, right? So what you have to do is, like, call up, cold call, rent, Sarah. Sarah, we're like 40 minutes in and you're yawning. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my. No, I just, it's not because I'm bored. It's because I just woke up. I promise. It's because I woke up. You're not You're bored, not an early me. person. No, not at all. And I worked <laughs> late last night. You should have so. told me. But no, 10 a.m. is not early. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's not too early that I'm going to be like, oh, it's such an inconvenience. It's fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. All right. That's one thing that I'm different from you. I wake up at 6 a.m. Really? Wow. Yeah, okay, no, here, let me show you the setup of my bedroom. Well, I don't have a bedroom. I live in the living room. <laughs> but there's the bed, and there's the window, right? And the freaking sun comes up at 5.30 in the morning, just screaming at me, and the blinds don't work. So I'm up at 6. Anyway, oh, yeah, so telemarketing, right? So I don't have a good phone voice, and 
it's for an insurance company i'm pretty sure what we did was like low-key really illegal but anyway so we we had to like cold call people in these shabby cubicles and it's usually around the time of 7 p.m you know when people are getting off work they're in the car and they're just trying to go home and relax and like i've had people screaming at me like yelling bloody murder and are you okay yeah sorry my phone where'd your face go <laughs> okay sorry i'm giving you such a hard time no uh, no, no okay no, but anyway so yeah the, the one time there was this woman screaming at me she was like how did you get my number? Why are you calling me? Don't you know I have a baby to feed? And you can like hear her baby screaming <laughs> in the background. And uh, after three days, I got fired. Really? Yeah. Why? Like you weren't like... I'm terrible. I'm terrible at marketing in general, but also marketing something that I didn't even know what it was. Like he didn't even give us training on the product. He was like, just say this. So Wow. I mean, the thing is, it's a cult like those telemarketer things they know i don't think people stay with them for too long anyway you know what i mean like they probably only employ people for a couple weeks or months or days or days yeah but yeah. i think you can turn this around to be a lesson i don't know what the lesson Which is yet don't follow strange guy no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> don't answer to weird job descriptions yeah there's this one there's a, like when i was looking for a job before i found the ice cream place i was looking on like indeed and all those websites and i found like this telemarketer job and then i signed up for it because i was like okay and then i literally look online and it's like people are like do not go here like this is 100 a scam you're not gonna make any money you're gonna waste hours and hours like calling different people, setting up interviews, like making sure mm -hmm. like all this paperwork is in and you're going to make like $10 for like a week of work because <laughs> it was based on commissions. Okay. Now, and it was like, for, it was like to sell a knife, like a, a specific type of kitchen knife that was like really expensive or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's basically selling it to your family and friends. I didn't go through with it. Oh, it's I, an MLM. Something like that. But the thing is like, I don't even know how to describe, like kind of like an MLM, but like, I don't know. It's so weird because I feel like MLMs like really care about like the culture of it. Like you're joining mm. a family of people who like whatever, but like, this was just like, just sell these knives. Right. And I yeah. obviously, after I heard about all these bad reviews, I was like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Like forget mm. about it. Um, but like I knew people who went through with it and it was like kind of a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the turnover rate is probably super high as well. So yeah. Oh. What are you playing with? Oh, I have like this hand sanitizer <laughs> thing. Oh, okay. Hand sanitizer? That looks like a mint. Yeah, okay. So I forgot where I got this from, but it was like one of those things where like colleges give out whatever. Like uh -huh. it was like a career fair or uh, club fair. And it's like meant to like. I hate those, by the way. You do? Those are my favorite. Career you have so many free career things. Career fairs? Okay, well, career fairs, maybe not so much. Like it's like the Hunger Games in there. The thing is, right, so I'm, like, going to be a sophomore. I haven't really, like, I've gone to a career fair, but, like, not seriously, you know? Like, mm. I wasn't, like, looking for a job or anything. Um, so You're just looking for merch. Yeah, I was literally just, like, <laughs> like, oh, my God, a stress ball? Oh, yeah, I'm totally uh -huh. interested in, like, this financial <laughs> company. And, like, 
I'm not even kidding. I've gotten so many. Like in college, I had like a whole drawer of free things I got. Like, oh my god! And they give the weirdest stuff too. Like I got a fanny pack. I got lip balm. What's it called? I got like you know those like slap on bracelets. Those still exist. Yeah, I was like, I literally haven't seen these since like 2007, but yeah. they exist. And I was like, okay, I mean, yeah, give them here. Um, but the, yeah, they're my favorite. And I'll go to a career fair just to get the free stuff. So are you, well, I guess, uh, do you want to talk about careers? Yeah, I don't mind. For a second. Yeah, sure. What do you want to do? So right now my major is neuroscience. It's subject to change. Jesus. That, look, that is exactly why it's subject to change. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, everyone I tell is. No, no, no. I'm joking, Sarah. I'll, t- I'll tell you why. No, like, I'm always like, am I getting myself into something that's, like, really hard? Like, because obviously, like, I just started. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay. Before you, before you go on, I, I want to tell you something. So when I was a kid, I wanted to be a doctor. And specifically, I wanted to be a psychiatrist. And it's, but then I very quickly realized I suck at biology and I suck at chemistry. So, you know, goodbye psychiatrist (laughs) job. But anyway, so when I was, when I was a kid, my mom once told me something that is so true and poignant that I was like, forget about it. That that's not my career path. She said, if you, she was like, sure, you can do whatever you want, but remember if you can't help them, you join them. (laughs) And so that scared the living hell out of me and I was like forget about it no more psychiatry (laughs) the thing is it's just like for neuroscience like here's the thing a lot of people don't realize this a lot of people are always like go into math or science like go into a stem field like that you're guaranteed to make money but that's not true like just if you just get like a biology degree or like a chemistry Mm -hmm. or even neuroscience like just a bachelor's can't get you much you're yeah, meant you have to, to continue. go all the way to a PhD. Exactly. So a lot, I feel like a lot of people go into that thinking like, I'll just get, I don't know, like biology people, like that means I'm smart and that means like I'll get a job. But no, there's not much you can do with just a bachelor's. So my plan, hopefully, knock on wood, is to continue my education, hopefully a PhD. Um, I'm not really thinking about medical school. It's like on my radar, but like definitely not like up there. Like, mm-hmm. i probably do a couple other things before medical school. Money doesn't seem to be something you're too concerned about. Yeah, I think, well, here's the thing. Maybe this is, like, ignorance, but I genuinely think that, like, okay, so I forgot the name of the study, but there was a study that found, like, once you make $70,000 a year, no, mo- no more money will make Your you. standard happy. of living, yeah. Exactly. So, I'm like, we spend all this time, like, chasing these numbers and stuff, and then, like, it's not even guaranteed to make you happier like that that just seems like a waste of time so I would rather spend my life doing something that like I like a lot even if it means I won't be like filthy rich because at the end of the day being filthy rich doesn't guarantee like this level of happiness you know what I mean so what makes you happy then if it's not money honestly yeah I don't know (laughs) like that is such a loaded question what makes me happy if it's not money well like okay I'm not going to say that money doesn't make me happy because that'd just be like me being a hippie and like lying to you. Like obviously money can buy you things that make you happy. But I think ultimately, like, I just think like people make me happy, which is so weird because I'm like this introvert that like doesn't talk to people a lot initially, but I like talking to people. Um, I like getting to know, like, 
I think the one thing in life that will make me happy is to just like feel like I have like these intense connections with people where like I know them and they know me and like you know like this like just like obviously like like loving people in your life like it doesn't even need to be like romantic or whatever like just like like loving your friends or family or like anything just like feeling like you you have made like a connection like that is life defining I think that is what makes life because you can't you can't live life alone. You know what I mean? Like you have to live it with some, with, with people. So I think it's best if you keep the people that you like close to you and like really form connections. Like I would just love to know someone so well, like they know me inside out and I know them inside out, but like you're still learning stuff about them every day. Yeah. I think that's I, I, was, telling, I was telling a friend about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were at a Mexican restaurant and I told them that uh, 10 years from now, if you ask me what we ate at that restaurant, I, could, I couldn't even give you an answer. But if you asked me what our conversation was about, I would remember it to the T. And I think that's the thing that yeah. I think we're kind of on the same page, right? Like, um, that's really like the whole reason why I do this anyway is like to, because I'm like, like even without corona corona is just like the impetus that got me to start but even without it um i because tell me if you think this is true new york is a hard place to make friends like i think so i mean friends not like your small talk friends i think the main thing like it's just it's just so hard to make friends when you're new to a place and in New York, yeah. everyone is new. True. Yeah. So I think that's a, where a lot of the discomfort comes from. Um, and also, like, just like you said, you're 24. Like, that is a difficult age to make new friends because a lot of people are already set on friends they've made already. Like in college. Yeah. And yeah. obviously, like, I'm, I know this and I'm, like, in college now. I know I'm not going to be friends with everyone in college. Like, I like to keep a lot of the friends if I made. If friends but- listen to this... <laughs> if my friends are listening to this, I hope we stay friends, honestly. But what I'm saying is I'm not going to be like, Oh my God, well, we're not friends. Like I know that's a part of life. People grow apart. And Mm. you know, like I have friends from like different places, like unless we move closer to each other, like we're not gonna, we're not, we can still be friends. Obviously I'd love to still be friends, but there's, I don't think it's plausible to have like this BFF across the country when yeah you, like a physical yeah um, what what okay do you feel like an adult right now no <laughs> i right, cannot believe <laughs> that i'm even going to turn 20 soon that's too much for me like i like 19 is still a teenager 20 that's it and that's scary so i don't feel like an adult so you so you think everything's gonna go downhill no it's just i don't think it's gonna go downhill. <laughs> just joking. like this new stage that i don't know if right. i'm ready for like, I've right. been a teenager for, like, what is it, like, seven years? Six years, yeah. I've been a teenager for so long, and the only thing I really know is being a teenager, because be- you don't really, like, being a child is, like, first of all, you don't yeah. even remember half the stuff, and second of all, it's, like, a different version of yourself, you know what I mean? But I've been it's a teenager. It's so interesting how you can be so confident that you want to go down the path of neuroscience at the age of eight, 19. Yeah, but like panic when you hit 20 and you're like shit I don't know how I'm gonna you know maintain my social circle it's like all these like human stuff 
is ironically yeah, I mean, way harder than <laughs> the thing is like I am the type of person I think and I say that I think because I don't even know if I'm the type of person like who am I but I think the main issue is that what's it called I think a lot about my decisions like I said I'm indecisive right so when I come to a decision it's been thought and thought and thought of I put my emotion into it I've put like like the complete like pointless facts into it I put like everything into it to come to a decision so it's not easy to let go of a decision unless another one comes like I'm set on neuroscience because I know I would really like it and I I know I have the like I've been I've already been doing it for a while just like in lab and like taking classes related to it and it's like I like it it's fun I enjoy it and I just like I know who I want to be in the future and it aligns perfectly so that is what I'm thinking right now, but <laughs> I'm not saying I'm set on it that like, even if I end up hating it, I'm going to stick with it right now. That's what it feels like, right? This is how I feel. And right now it feels like if it continues the way it's going, I'm going to continue with it, but I'm absolutely open to changing majors, to switching careers, mm-hmm. whatever ends up feeling right in the moment. I'm trying to think like, for me, th- I see decisions as more of like a data point in a trend i guess if you want to call life that i'm not too sure i guess there are turning points but like i don't really put too much emphasis on certain like even even when i came here it's so why and i've told this like on probably every episode uh, but i'll tell you again um the reason how i got here is i didn't do too well for my a levels my exams and i had one window of opportunity to take the sats and i took it with two weeks of studying and then i came here i literally left my entire life in singapore and just hopped on a plane and and got here and i'm like in the grand scheme of things that is not the right way to pick a university that you're going to dedicate four years of your life to. Honestly, I know I spend too much time making decisions and I know it like affects, it affects me because I'm constantly thinking about things that I should have decided on. Like right now I'm deciding if I'm even going to go to school or not. If I'm going to go online, if I'm going to go in person, right? Because of Corona, they're giving me a choice. This Mm. is a decision that probably everyone else in my entire school has come to already. I'm supposed to move in like (laughs) a week or two and I still haven't decided like, and it just, it makes it's a toll on me you know what I mean and I think it's because I see decisions as like life or death like every little thing is like yeah it either make my life amazing or it could like absolutely turn my life to crap and it's like so I put so much weight on even the dumbest decisions like my planner because in my mind it's just not true right no it's absolutely not true but for some reason I convince myself like this and that's why I feel like like the way the way you described like how you chose like your college stuff like I I think that's like awesome like I wish I could do that and I, I feel like I'm working towards becoming like that because at the end of the day, when you're like old and dying, right. And you're like, I'm going to look back on my life. Like you want your life to be like this adventurous thing. You want it to feel like this, like spontaneous, like I live life for like living it. And like, I did all these things cause it felt right in the moment. Like that is what like you should feel like when you look back on your life, not like, Oh, I decided to do this because I thought about it for 10 days and I thought logically and stuff like this. Like obviously <laughs> logic is good. I don't even, I don't even use logic that much. I use, I feel like I use emotion a lot in my decisions. Um, but still. You're a super creative person and like the fact, okay, well, I guess it is a logical reason like stars are aligned, COVID, 
you have all this time but the fact that like you could just be like I'm gonna do something that I've never done before and just do it I mean thank you but you know it took it takes a lot I wasn't always like this I feel like I went through like this major personality change like all right where's where's the turning point should I should I fill out my cup (laughs) (laughs) um yeah I feel like I went through this like major personality change like maybe one or two years ago where I realized like everything I wanted out of life was like wrong you know what I mean whoa yeah and like this is like a major decision for like a 16 year old to like realize so go through like this I feel like I went through a midlife crisis at like 16 that's literally what it felt like maybe like 17 but it was you know that means you're gonna die at 32 right no no it, it, let's say it was like a quarter <laughs> life crisis or like a fifth of a life crisis something like right. that Wait, but, but what was the turning point I don't know. I think I just realized the thing is in high school, I was like very studious. Like I'd come home, I'd work. Um, I would like, d- like my school had this after school thing where like you could stay after school and take another class or two. And I did it every day of the week. And I'd spend like all my weekends studying. That wasn't even a turning point for me. That was like the setup, right? So I was just like working like a, like a dog. And then like my wrists began to hurt a lot. Like I it's got carpal tunnel, not carpal. It was tennis elbow. I think it's like, Oh my God. Okay. It's like up here, like the hold your arm out and like put to put it against like a table. Yeah. Okay. For people listening, it's like your forearm. Yeah. It's your forearm. Okay. If you rest it against a table mm. and put your palm up yep. and like, you feel like the muscle, it's kind of like right. a rubber bandage, but it's like soft. Right. Yeah. Mine is like elastic. It's like completely like bouncy. And it's because it's been like stretched over time after like typing for so long and writing for so long that like it, it hurts. It, to this day, it hurts. And like, I can like, I don't know if you want to hear, but I can crack my wrist in ways that like. So you have the wrist of an 80 year old. Exactly. And then my posture got really bad. My sleep schedule, I would sleep like three hours a day. I would fall asleep on the bus at lunch, just trying to like find time to sleep. I would eat, like my eating habits were horrible. And the fact that like, it wasn't like I was overeating or anything, but it was like, I wouldn't eat unless I was doing something else. So I wouldn't be wasting time. Like, you know. So you saw eating as less of a pleasure and more of a refueling. Well, obviously I liked to eat. Like who doesn't like to eat? Well, I'm sure there's someone out there, but like I enjoyed eating, but like, it's like, I wouldn't indulge in the pleasure yeah. of it because like just the pleasure of eating wasn't enough it right. wasn't like and you thought it was waste. a waste of time yeah exactly like okay I it's not like I planned my life but it was like every opportunity I could I either spent time doing work something productive that wouldn't be a waste of time or I just felt guilty about wasting time and I just got my head and I was like look why one day I don't even know what it was but I just started thinking I think it was like the whole college application process Oh man. And I, and I was like writing everything down, like all this stuff I did. And then you realize like, I don't like this stuff. Like I don't care enough about this stuff. And like, I feel like I wasted high school and like all my senior year, I felt like this dread, like, Oh my God, I wasted like these like prime years of my life. Like I would rarely go out with my friends because I, I was going to ask, did you have a lot of friends? I mean, I had friends for sure. Um, but I feel like I justified not hanging out with them. Hmm to do something more productive instead and that's the thing i I had a friend like that 
Yeah, and it's like we're not friends anymore. Exactly, that's the thing. I'm joking. (laughs) No, no, but like it's the truth. Like it's harder to be friends with people who like don't see spending time with you as like a good way to spend time. And no one bothered to tell you and like grab your shirt and be like, Sarah. The thing is, it's not like I took it to an extreme to the point where people would notice. I think, I think it was more of like, like that is very. It's Mm. very easy to hide. You know what I mean. You just come off as like a very studious person. I started to feel very anxious about the future because I realized that no matter what, I could not, like, no matter what I did, I could not guarantee anything. You're told, told your entire life, if you get good grades, if you like work hard and do all the stuff, you are going to get this in the future. And then when I realized it's not a guarantee, I was like, I'm wasting so much time right now. And then, like, I feel like I pushed down, like, for a while, I feel like I pushed down this person that, like, who I am now. I feel like I, I pushed her down to try to like put on this mask to like be productive because like the the work, I don't know, it just stressed me out so much and it got to me. And for some reason, it was like that was above everything else, like even basic things like eating or sleep. And I don't know why, like it's weird. Like if you ask someone mm. who was in my position who like, like you can't even explain why you felt like that. You know what I mean? Like I, like I couldn't even tell you why I thought school was so important. It just, it just was. It was because you're told like you're gonna get a good future, but like you, I don't know. It took a while to wake up, but I feel like ever since then, like I'm glad. Not that I'm happy that I wasted high school, but I'm glad that I went through it because now I see life mm-hmm. in a completely different way. I like have this whole new perspective on things, um, and I think like if you ask anyone mm-hmm. who knows me now. I'll always talk about how, oh my gosh, like I was like this completely different person. Like I feel like I went through a whole personality change. Um, and I usually don't get into it too much, but that's basically the reason why. Like, I just feel like I know myself a lot better now and I feel like I want something more meaningful out of life. I can't imagine being in your shadow. Why? <laughs> I don't, I don't think. Because the, the, I'll tell you why. It's because my brother, he is kind of like you. He's very studious and he does everything way better than me in school and like um but that's because he's super hardworking and like he recognized the importance of education and um he saw the value of it and I never did until I came to university and so yeah I I think I can't imagine being your little sister I mean the thing (laughs) is at the end of the day like, I feel like I like you a lot because you have a lot of the values that, like, I had to work hard to realize. Like, I've always kind of envied people. Vice versa. I wish I could be more like you. Wow, but anyway, is, continue. We're, like, here complimenting each other. Um, but what I was saying was, like, like, I don't do that enough. Yeah, no, I feel like I definitely need to compliment people more. Um, but what I was saying was, like, different people obviously have different strengths and weaknesses in life. Um, different people are, like, more are easily they're a lot better at seeing different things and I feel like I had to work hard to see this different like view of life for some reason I was like born like I don't even think anyone really taught it to me I think it was just the influence of like going to like a kind of competitive school and like being a good student and stuff it's just that the pressure comes along with it and I just wish like I had like had I had I had like the, uh, the ability to think differently you know what I mean? Because there are people who had pretty much the same upbringing as me, you know, like, we're, we're like, in the gifted and talented programs or whatever in elementary school, and we're taught they're, like, the smart kid, and, like, high school and took, like, advanced classes and stuff, like, obviously, there are millions of kids like that, 
But a lot of them like mm. instantly knew that that didn't define their worth. You know what I mean? Like a lot of kids are like, yeah, I know I'm good at school, but like there's more to me than that. Is that true? Because all the people that I knew when I was younger, it's like that was all that they they tied their identity to. I think that's like a major flaw in education. Like one thing you should definitely know about yeah. me is like my views of education. I just think the education system right now as a whole, like just around the world, the way we're teaching it just doesn't work. It just, it enforces yeah. like memorization instead of, Mm. like instead of actually intaking information like life is not supposed to be about like well the thing is here's the thing i i keep like referencing these articles that i've never like that i never remember but i read an article mm. it was basically saying that education is a the current education system is a result of capitalism and i hate to get political and stuff because i feel like i never know what yeah. i'm talking about when i talk about capitalism but we're taught to make money we're taught to get an education that will make money. And that anything that isn't that is a waste of time. Like how many times does like an art or film or philosophy major get a degree and everyone's like, oh yeah, I have mm. fun finding a job. Like that's the only worth in a college education. And obviously it'd be stupid to say that an art degree is not, has the same worth as like whatever, an economics degree or like computer science degree. Like in terms of making mm. money, obviously the other two have way more worth, but there's a certain type of worth that comes from pursuing something like almost like this pride in yourself like this ability mm -hmm. to say like I, I believe in myself enough that like I don't need like this easy and it's not easy obviously these classes are hard but like this this easy mm. pass like just get the degree and you're guaranteed a job like I don't know I feel like there's something that says something like this different type of worth like something about like your self-worth almost Mm -hmm. they, they say it's it, yeah like the the subjects that you classify as easy I think people say it's easy is because they don't see it as technical in that it's data driven yeah but even then like qualitatively it's super difficult to to get through it uh but going back to your point on education um I will also reference an article <laughs> that I don't even remember where I got it from it's like the, the premise of building like a whole education system stemmed from having stemmed from like the industrial revolution yeah. is it? like time period where the main goal is you know that's why memorization is like so important because their goal was to get you ready to go to work in a factory or something yeah yeah i have like this extreme bucket list right and it's like like this bucket list of like like if i could do anything in the world these are the things i would want to do right and one mm -hmm. of them is like start to open up a high school and like teach the way i think that things should be taught and i don't know like <laughs> the legality of it like if that's allowed or if like someone without mm -hmm. like any formal like education on teaching people can do that but like or maybe fund one something like that but like just teach like this alternative form of education a lot of people say like oh like i'm into alternative education and then it's like kids playing in like a field like that's not education though like <laughs> you know what i mean like there are a lot of people i think who i know school their kids saying, like there's a bigger is there a bigger focus on like civic education like social social studies stuff like that almost but not even like i think like i think it's great to teach kids like civic studies and like social studies and things like that but I, i've mm. seen like documentaries where it's like parents are like i homeschool my kids because i feel like i can teach them more than a, like mm. a trained professional and then like that you look into a day of what the kids do and they just sit at home and like maybe they'll bake if they want or like they'll like mm -hmm. i don't know make an arts and crafts thing and like i think that's great 
And that's a form of education. But like, I think kids need like basic math and English skills. Like I think kids need to learn how to read at a certain level every year. Like, and I don't know, I feel like the education system right now works, but for different reasons. And at the end of the day, if I could change anything about it, it would just be tests. Like, I feel like Mm. there, there are a ton of different ways to test, like whether a student has learned something, whether they retained information rather than like, memorize this regurgitate it back to me or like mm-hmm. I showed you how to do it and I do it on paper you know what I mean um and standardized yeah. tests in general like don't even get me started on those <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I think even like in Singapore we're also trying to remove some of that even though it's so ironic because like back in the day that was all they focused yeah. on like your grades were everything and then now it's like oh sorry guys we're gonna switch uh paths and like take this away put less emphasis on it and i was like that's all the school's reputation is yeah. built on but i can't imagine that you want to pursue like a phd in singapore phd stands for permanent head damage <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> i mean this is just so difficult the thing that's the thing I say that I would like to do that, but who knows? Maybe I'll get there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just feel like it's right for me because I, at the end of the day, I love, I love education. I love academia. I like, I like to learn, honestly, like genuinely. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like pursuing something like that would be a way for me to learn in a way that I like to learn best. Like PhDs, especially in science or any graduate degree for Mm -hmm. that matter, um, in a more stem related field is based on a lot of like experimentation like hands-on work and it's working on a project for years maybe and like seeing it come to like this big conclusion i feel like that is more rewarding than like a grade on a paper that says i passed all these tests but yeah like i said maybe maybe it's not for me and i find something else maybe you open an ice cream yeah that's the thing one thing i've always admired about people are like people who start businesses I'm always like, you know what? Like, that is so hard. Like, people don't give people credit. I've been watching a crazy amount of Shark Tank, <laughs> and I've never felt so inspired by just every yeah. pitch. Okay, well, not every pitch. Some of them are <laughs> dumb, but like... No, and it's like, they tell the story about how they start, like, the inspiration, and they're like, you know what? I'm going to make a business. I'm going to sell this stuff. And it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, I feel like, I don't know. I, first of all, like, if I want to start a business, I won't even know how to start. Do you, um, do you like garage sales? You don't even know. I love garage sales. I love thrifting. I love antique things. Same here. All right. So I guess, like, the, since we're on the topic of business, I, I guess that's the closest thing that I've ever gotten to a business. And, like, I always tell people like one of my most prized sales is like an NFL jacket that I bought for six bucks and sold for like a hundred. And I cannot tell you the high that that gave me. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a big business now, like reselling stuff like Mm. that. I think it's like very cool when you find something that's like obviously worth way more. And then like you just sell it because it's like, hello, this is like not in the right place. But yeah, mm-hmm. I've never had a garage sale. Um, I just I get attached to things, and I don't want to. I don't want to see them leave. Wait, so, so so your fashion sense is like a thrift shop type of kind of, of like my guess my favorite color green. No, you're not gonna get it. You're not gonna get it. <laughs> no, 
That, that was a shit. I, I, I hate green. Uh, no. Blue? Uh, no. Purple? I'll just tell you if you don't stop guessing. But it's, my favorite color is brown. I love the color brown. And everyone... Like, like your hair color? I like all brown. I honestly think it's all... Pretty, like, but yeah, this is like a nice brown. I, and I feel like okay. I like the way brown feels. It's like very, like not calm, but like very like... Down to earth. It's not too flashy. That's the thing. Like I feel like all these colors are so colorful and it's like, God, like it's a little too much for me, honestly. But brown feels good. So are you a minimalistic oh, kind no. of person? Oh no, I'm like, I am absolutely, <laughs> like I hang on to things. I'm cluttered. I, everything in my room is like disorganized, but... It, You're a hoarder. Not, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I can throw out things when I know I can't use them anymore and it's like they don't serve a purpose but like a lot of the times I can find a purpose for things even when I don't like okay. like oh my god this marker ran out I should throw it out but then I'm like but wait it's so cute like let me just keep it like it's such, like tell me this isn't a cute marker just like this I mean what do you want me yes. to say yes I want you <laughs> to say yes to make me feel better but something yes. like I just don't like the color oh. pink I mean, I don't like most colors, so that's why I settled on brown. Okay. But back to, like, the wardrobe thing. I noticed, like, a lot of right. my wardrobe is brown. I like the way I feel in brown. I feel very, like, 70s. I love the 70s. Like, I would totally go there if I could. Um, and so... What's your favorite type of music? Oh, my God. It's, um, Do you have Probably, one? like... Like, I don't want to say indie because that sounds pretentious. And the music I listen to isn't, like... It's, like... Like, I would say probably like mainstream indie, like indie that a lot of people okay. have heard about. Probably. What, like nineteen seventy five? Not really. Like more like like Lana Del Rey or like Rex Orange County stuff like that. Like, oh, okay, nice. I yes. Love Rex oh my god. Orange like, County. first of all, like their genre. Okay, it's like bedroom. Kind pop, of, right? yeah. Like Rex is like he's like bedroom indie for sure. Lana Del Rey, mm. she's definitely not indie anymore. Everyone knows her name. She's too, yeah, mainstream. But I don't like, what do you call that genre? Like, sad. But, but I mean, indie is not necessarily, is it, is it necessarily like underground artists that people don't really know about? Or it's just they're more experimental with their sound? I think the, like the definition of indie, which I think is up for debate, but I yeah. think like the main one is like someone who started without a record label. Like, someone who produces music without, like, an official label. It's, like, indie. It's, like, like made by... Like, the same thing with, like, indie films. They're not made, they're not made by, like, mm. these major corporations. Um, and so I think people yeah. like it a lot because it gives them, like, ex- freedom of expression. Like, if you're just, like, self-producing, like, you can say whatever you want, right? You can sing whatever yeah. you want, play however you want. Um, and I think people like that freedom. But most indie artists that get recognized no longer are technically indie because they're discovered and then they, they have concerts and people yeah. get signed. It's the in thing. Yeah, right? that's the thing. Um, and I believe Rex Orange County, I don't know his status. I think he's still technically indie. I don't know. That's the thing. I hate like the labels of indie and stuff because then it, it, I just sound super pretentious when I talk about it. Like, oh, he's technically indie, but he's not. And it's like, that's not, I just. I mean, who gives a shit? I mean, shit yeah, I just. If you enjoy it, you enjoy ultimately, it. Ultimately, I just like music that feels like very nostalgic and emotional. And a lot of the times... So you like what? jazz? Jazz. I love jazz. Like, stuff like... Yeah, I like all... I honestly like a lot of genres. I like almost every genre of music, pretty much. But um, just as long... All right, I'm... Don't, um, don't hate me for this, but I'm going to randomly send you music that I like because I think we're on the same page. I'm just going to slide into your 
DMs and just no send me please I'm always looking for recommendations the thing is I love to like replay music over and over again but (laughs) like sometimes I need a break you know like my favorite kind of sad like okay so my favorite song like my senior year of high school was Queen Somebody Love first of all I still love that song I think it's amazing I love that song and I would listen to it, not even kidding, like 30 <laughs> times a day. Like, that's not an exaggeration. I had it on repeat. Yeah. I had like an hour bus back and forth. Just played the entire time. Okay. Have you heard of Seaside Rendezvous? Mm. No. By Queen? No. Okay, go listen to it. It's so good. But anyway. Okay, I'll keep that in right. mind. Yeah. Yeah. I also like a lot of old music because I like feeling nostalgia. I like the feeling of nostalgia. I think that's one of my favorite feelings. Yeah, it's like no, it's like you, you it's like you want to miss something that um that hasn't even happened yet. Yeah, <laughs> like I want to miss something that like I there's no way I am physically poss- capable of missing, like the 70s. Like I wasn't alive, mm-hmm. but I kind of miss it in a way. Yeah. I feel like I missed out on something. Well, we've been talking for almost 2 hours Whoa. now and I wish we could go on, but I don't want to overstay. We can definitely <laughs> talk another time we should do another yeah one. totally or i mean we don't even have to record yeah we, like... we should just definitely hang out more often yeah i like Aww, you thanks i like fun. you too i feel like yeah. we're similar in a lot of ways yeah even though you're a good 12 years <laughs> now, 12 years above me no i think <laughs> the thing is i think that we're similar in a lot of ways but there's certain things that are different about us and that we admire in each other um would you like to plug your podcast even though i think i did already <laughs> uh yeah sure so in case uh you missed it my podcast is don't be lonely um it's available on spotify apple podcast anchor all of these places um you could just literally look it up on mm. google and you'll find it but um it's a podcast that i made for people who are like kind of feeling lonely right now especially with covid but you know not only because of covid mm. Um, and it's just like a way to you for you to feel like you have a friend because like, I don't know, I want to be your friend. So if you liked the way I talked during this episode, if you think I'm funny or cool, I don't know, whatever, check it out. Um, and yeah, and if you want, you can follow me on Instagram, Don't Be Lonely Podcast. I know me and your other listeners are going to be happy you're going to continue your podcast and you. a potential book might be on the way i wouldn't count on it it's not very good <laughs> well <shit. laughs> put it out for free you wouldn't know yeah maybe <laughs> if i finish it all right sarah all right well talk to you this soon was fun. thank you for coming on the podcast yeah of course so much fun yeah <laughs> all right bye